All right, grab your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter two. We looked at this passage for Christmas uh, several years ago. I'm not 100% sure when, I think it was 2014, 2015. Uh, So fitting for what they were covering today, I felt like we needed to to look at it again this year. Luke chapter two, Uh, we're gonna pick it up in verse eight. While you're finding the passage, let me pray for you. Let me pray for us. Father, we come to you today in Jesus' name, and Lord, it's with the aim of seeing him magnified and exalted, to see the name of Christ, the gospel, and the person of Christ lifted up. Uh, Lord, we ask for your help. We ask that you'd work in and through everything that you'd have your way with, every heart, every life. God, you're in the rescue business. You're in the seeking and saving business, and And we wanna participate with you. And and so Lord, if there are any here today that do not know Christ as Lord and Savior, God, I'm praying that today you'd open their eyes, that the enemy and his lies would be bound, uh, that they wouldn't take root, that they wouldn't make sense anymore. And that God, the truth of your word would pierce hearts and minds and that people would be able to see the reality of who you are. For believers, Lord, I'm asking that Lord, how you rescued us, how you saved us. Lord, that's how you want us to live, by, by your grace through faith in your word. And so God, we're trusting for your help this morning, all in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, that, you know, what, what was laid out this morning just so beautifully uh, really does do a great job communicating the message of Christmas. We need a savior. We absolutely need a savior. We need the Lord Jesus. And we need him because, you know, we're naturally wired to be, um, you know, on some level. Some people aren't very self-sufficient, but even the people who are asking for help all the time, they've got their areas. They've got the parts of life where they don't want anybody butting in. They don't want anybody uh, uh, crowding them, you know, uh, encroaching on their turf or their territory. And it's hard to hear for people that, that, that they need help. It's hard for people to hear that they need to be rescued, that they need to be saved. Well, saved from what? Well, we need to be saved from ourselves, right? We are born uh, tending toward rebellion. The Bible says in Romans chapter three and verse 23 that all, right, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And in chapter six, verse 23, the, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, and it is only through our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so the reality is, is we have to have a savior. We need to be, we need to be rescued. Uh, In Luke chapter two, in verses eight through 18, you have a beautiful picture of a group of people who discover Christ has showed up in their life. And I want you to just pay special attention to how they respond to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter two and verse eight, The Bible says there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. So the Lord Jesus Christ is born of a virgin. Now the birth announcement is gonna go out and it starts with some humble, very lowly shepherds. Don't miss this picture, okay? Before God comes into your life, uh, the way that we're operating is just like those shepherds. What are they doing? Well, they're doing their job. They're minding their own business. And that's natural, but the problem is if you just only stay stuck there, right, if you only stay there, uh, you end up stuck there forever. 
It's like the guy in Luke chapter 12 who's just minding his own business. He's building his life. He's doing what makes the most sense to him. In verse 16, he's very successful. Uh, His farms produce plentifully in verse 16. Luke 12 verse 17 says, uh, it gives his response to just all the blessings in his life. He thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself is not rich, is not rich toward God. Here's a guy who's just minding his own business. He's looking out for number one. He's just living his life the best way that he knows how and, and he's actually really good at it. And he doesn't recognize that who he is in the flesh, his life of sin, right? If all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, he, he does not recognize he's missing one critical component in his life that he desperately needs and that's redemption. That is a way back into right relationship with God. He's focused on what he can build for himself in this life. So these, these, these shepherds are no different. They're just minding their own business. They're doing their own thing. They're living the life that they wanna live and the problem is all of us naturally pursue a life that's separate from God. So what's the solution? You know, there's none that, the Bible, you know, a lot of people think they're seeking after God. Well, that's only after God's prodded them a number of times, a number of ways. Uh, There's none that naturally seek after God. It's not how we're wired. So what has to happen is God has to come for us. John chapter three, verse 16, everybody knows this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And here it is, verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We weren't looking for God, God came looking for us. And he gave the Lord Jesus Christ to be our sacrifice for the sin that separates us from God. God was willing to take our place, suffering the Father's wrath over our sin. God has to come to us. It's like Sam quoted in Revelation chapter three and verse 20. The position of Christ for every heart is I'm standing at the door of your heart and I want in. Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. In other words, what has to happen in life is God's gotta get our attention. Otherwise, we're just gonna keep doing us, living the life that we wanna live, going a way that's right in our own eyes and we don't recognize that we're on a path to complete separation from a God who loves us but will be separated from him for all eternity. So he has to... He has to go big (laughs) to get our attention. God has to get our attention. And that's what he does here with these shepherds. Look at verse nine, Luke chapter two, verse nine. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. You know, for JJ, it was a cashier that God used to get her attention and start bringing tidings of great joy. Well, for these guys, the angel of the Lord shows up, right? The angel of the Lord gives them the good news. And watch what happens when God shows up. Notice the, the, the shepherd's response. 
I mean, the angel's coming to bring good news. The problem is, you know, angels are greater in power and might. Probably was a tad intimidating. What's their response? It's fear, right? They were so afraid, verse nine says. When God starts to get our attention, a lot of times we'll react with fear. Why is that? Well, that's how we started. It's because we recognize we're sinners for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. It's whenever you recognize that the wrath of God is abiding over your rebellion uh, that will cause you to fear. When we recognize our sin condemns us before God. If you keep going in John chapter three and verse 18, the Bible gives the solution. It says, he that believeth on him, on Christ, is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And it's always been that way, from Genesis chapter three. You know, God, in Genesis chapter two, God puts Adam and Eve in the garden. Why? He wants a relationship with them. We get this clue in Genesis chapter three that the voice of the Lord, right? Jesus, in the beginning, was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, the voice of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ was showing up in the evenings and they were hanging out. Uh, they, Adam and Jesus had bro time and, and it, was a good, it was a good thing until the day that he rebelled against his word and joined his wife in sin, right? That's what took place. And so when the voice of the Lord shows up in the cool of the evening, the natural man's reaction, right? The, the natural response to the coming of Christ, to the presence, the reality of God is fear. In Genesis 3.8, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees, amongst the trees of the garden. It's a common response, right? I wanna just live my life, I wanna go a way that's right in my own eyes. The problem is God interrupts and says, you can't do that, you're doing that in sin, you're doing that in rebellion against me. I love you, I have good news for you. I sent my son to take your place. My wrath over your sin was satisfied 2,000 years ago at Calvary. The question on the floor is, is will you respond? Now, in the flesh there'll be fear. God's wrath abides over my sin. God loves you so much he literally fell all over himself. He literally took up a cross. He literally took up your death and suffered the wrath of the Father in your place. God did that to keep us from being eternally separate from him. God has to come. He has to make the way. So just like he did for Adam and Eve, they're hiding in the trees, right? They're hiding under the foliage. They're hiding behind fig leaves. They're hiding from the good news, from the voice of the Lord through fear. God makes a way, he kills an animal and he takes the skins and he makes some clothes to cover the nakedness of their sin. And just like God did that for Adam and Eve, Jesus Christ came as the Lamb of God. He was slain in our place to cover the nakedness of our sin. So these shepherds, living their life, going their own way, doing what they think is best, Good news shows up, their response is fear. Uh, the message keeps coming, look at verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe 
wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Okay, there it is, right? The, the, the lost man says, stop right there. I want to keep my Jesus a baby in the, major, in the manger, right? A baby in the manger, that's not intimidating. That's a Jesus I can handle. Um, you know, I, 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 I want to keep my Jesus very unintimidating. He didn't stay a babe in the manger, right? He didn't just stay in the manger, he grew. He fulfilled the will of the Father, trained up, not just 12, not just 70, but over 100 uh, uh, disciples when it was all said and done. Uh, he finished the work that God had him uh, by taking the sin of humanity to the cross of Calvary. God slew Jesus, and through the shedding of that innocent blood, he's able to wash away, he's able to cover the nakedness of our sin and rebellion before God. Uh, Jesus will return, not as a baby, he's gonna come as the lion of the tribe of Judah to rule and reign from a literal, physical Israel on planet Earth. He will rule and reign as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The question on the floor is, will you be with him? Or will you be separate from him? Okay, here's the response. When God comes to save man, look at verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, good will toward men. So the angels, they're the choir, they're given the altar call, right? They've got the gospel choir giving a concert. At the end, right, the, the, the angel of the Lord gives the message. Now it's time for the response. Okay, so that's the question on the floor here this morning. How are you gonna respond to the good news that Jesus came and died for you? That he paid the penalty for your sin? that he's made a way for you to be reconciled back into a family relationship with the Father. How are you gonna to respond to that? So don't miss the picture that we see here in Luke chapter two. The shepherds show us the right response, the right answer. They come to Jesus, look at verse 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us go, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. They came to find Jesus and guess what? They found him. God made sure that they could. And he's, do, he's never changed his MO. For the last 2,000 years, this is how God's been operating. You got a bunch of people just out there living their own lives, going away that, just living the best they can, going away that's right in their own eyes until God rattles your cage and says, you need Christ in your life. And will you then respond and come to Jesus? Or will you, like Sam said, just look for, you know, Christ is knocking at the door, Maybe there's another way. Maybe there's a, maybe, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, ah, I gotta live the life I wanna live now. When I'm done with that, when I'm tired with that, well, then I'll come to Christ. You have no promise of tomorrow. You've got no promise of the next moment. The invitation is now. Will you respond like these humble shepherds did and, and come find the Lord Jesus? This is God's promise to you in Luke chapter 11 and verse nine. He says, I say unto you, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Will you ask Christ to come into your heart and life, forgiving your sins, giving you the mercy, the grace of God for salvation? Will you surrender this morning? Will you seek Christ 
as Lord of your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You want to call on the name of the Lord while it's called today. That's what the Bible teaches us. And again, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus is saying to us this morning, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Do you have Christ in your life? Have you responded? Do you know him? Is he your savior? Is he Christ your Lord? If not, today is the day to do that. We're actually gonna finish up here in just a couple minutes. And, and we, we don't want you to think that this is some formal presentation, okay? We wanna meet with you. We wanna get a Bible open with you. We want you to know that you've got God in your life, that God is your Father, Christ is your Redeemer, Savior, and Lord. Uh, we wanna show you how to be born again from Scripture. Now, if you've done that, what's the next response? We'll do what the shepherds did. Okay, watch, just keep going. Look at verse 17. I mean, if you found him, if you found the babe, what comes next? You got to tell somebody. Look at verse 17. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. You haven't fully responded to the coming of Christ until now you have found him, right? He is now made known to you and you're still not done responding until you are now in the business of making him known, amen? That's what everybody's been, I mean, Rosie, how long have you guys been practicing uh, to present the gospel in this form? How long? Months and months and months, you don't even know. <laughs> That's okay, praise the Lord. I, I didn't spend months and months and months. I, I spent years and years and years getting ready for this morning. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it didn't take months to get the outline together, I'll just say that. Man, thank you guys, thank you worship team for just the work that you put into beautifully making sure that we could effectively make Christ known. It's not my job to do that, it's not the choir's job to do that, it's not the spoken word ministry to do that. That is the believer's job. We're not done responding to the coming of Christ until we're telling everybody about it, amen? How many know of somebody that doesn't have Christ in their life? We're coming into the end of the year and there's a lot of holiday activities still left. Uh, man, can we, maybe the, maybe the response this morning is just to be praying for an open door to share Christ with some coworkers, some friends, some neighbors, some family that you know need Jesus, amen? That's the right response. Whenever you find something like Jesus, someone like Christ, when you find something so great as our Savior, the answer is, right, you now know what everybody needs. So you have to tell everyone. And Jesus said that would be the case. When Christ comes into your life, his Holy Spirit indwells you. In Acts 1.8, the Lord Jesus said to his disciples that they would receive power. There would be an endowment of power when they received the Holy Spirit. And then what would happen once God shows up in their life? Well, they'll lay their life down, making sure everybody knows from Jerusalem to the uttermost, everybody needs to know how great is our God. Um, you heard it in the announcements over this next week. Uh, we used to do this every year, and then with mission focus, things kept getting more and more complex, but this year the calendar worked out where we could do it again. This week, 
Uh, we're closing down the building after service today until Christmas Eve. The building will be closed, uh, the offices will be closed, we're gonna let the building rest. Uh, but then next week, starting on Sunday, yes, we're meeting on Sunday. Uh, this is, I mean, this is where the Bride of Christ meets at 40th and Walnut. And we're gonna observe Jesus' birthday and we're not gonna come together and get our praise on and no way, man. I mean, we're, we're having service next Sunday. Nine o'clock, one service, unified service. Uh, we'll get you out way early. You'll, you'll, you'll be ready for the eating and all the celebrating. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna make sure that, that, that we take care of that. But uh, next week, we're gonna actually uh, start our mission focus week. You know, how's that gonna fit for Sunday? How's that gonna fit for Christmas service? Well, uh, what better present can we give the king than the, than the intention, the planning, the organization, the structure, the work of making him known to the uttermost, making him known in the nations. Uh, we wanna lay our lives down, a living sacrifice. Every member needs to lay their life down a living sacrifice to own the Great Commission for themselves. How are we praying over the Great Commission? How are we planning and preparing our lives, right? How are we participating? How are we giving? How are we going? Um, we're, we don't, you know, we're a local church that doesn't wanna just hold services. Uh, we wanna be effective for the kingdom. We wanna be effective for our king. We wanna win souls, make disciples, and train and equip people to do the same. Why? Well, because we met Jesus. What else are we gonna do with our life? Amen? Father, I pray your blessing over this company. Lord, for any here today that do not know Christ as Lord and Savior, God, help them to see that today, right now, this is the point, this is the moment of salvation. Again, I pray that the lies of the enemy, uh, wait till tomorrow, uh, wait till later, not now, uh, the, the, the hurts that he brings to bear in mind, Lord, the, uh, the past problems, Lord, that all of that would be stripped away and that they see, God, that everybody would see how great is your love for each of us. Lord, for any believers uh, that have loved ones in their life that do not know you, Lord, I pray that we get full of faith this morning, that, Lord, we'd trust you for an open door to make the coming of Christ known, to share the good news of Christ as King, Lord, and Savior. Lord, I ask that you'd have your way with every heart, that you'd do it not just for our good, but that you'd do it to the glory of your great name. And it's in Christ's name we pray these things. Amen.